Hello, my friends. This podcast nugget and all things JKL podcast are brought to you by my good friends at RC Health Services. That's right. I'll talk about them all day, every damn day. These are awesome people, Robert and Haiti Chambers. They run a company that is the leading training center for CPR and EMS courses in the world, or at least one of the leading in the world, and definitely one of the leading in the country. Check them out, rchealthservices.com. Do it. You'll be glad you did. These are awesome people, talented people, funny people, great people, and I'm so glad that they continue to support this podcast. Thank you so much. Also, support is provided by Activated Muscles. Go to ActivatedMuscles.com and find out about MAT and PDTR, muscle activation technique and proprioceptive deep tendon reflex. My very good friends, Raul and Annie, uh, they help me. They help me make my body become more efficient. I can use my body better when I'm working out, walking, playing trombone. Not only do they help me work on my body, they sometimes buy me some beers at the brewery. (laughs) So, you know, just at that, right there, you already know they're awesome people. They're fun to hang out with. Very nice people. Very smart people. Check them out at activatedmuscles.com. Now it's time for today's podcast nugget. Yeah. Well, here we are. It's podcast nugget number five. And it's actually podcast nugget number three in the series of seven days, seven nuggets. And to make things even more complicated, this is actually my third in the series in four days. So (laughs) I got to make up some ground here. Uh, Hopefully I'll do another one later in the day and I'll be sure to just pollute your your social media wall with uh, some self-promotion there. So (laughs) stay tuned, folks. Um, As I'm recording this, it's a Saturday morning. It's a hot, beautiful Saturday morning. It's sunny, humid, you know, par for the course in Houston in July. I played late last night at Club Tropicana with the uh, with the awesome salsa band Orquesta Salmerum, very near and dear to my heart. It's the first ever uh, band that I ever played with, and playing Latin music. And it's uh, they've they've let me sit in for a long time now, uh, very regularly, thanks to uh, Tony Garza, the band leader, and their trombonist Lucio Alvarez the third. Thank you both. Anyways, it's a good time playing with these guys. Uh, they've been playing together a very long time, and uh, no matter who the band is, no matter who, who you got, you, you know, if you if you have if you have a bunch of people who have played together for a very long time, there's some pretty pretty cool stuff happening in the band, especially with the music that they, they play. And last night was no exception. We played at Club Tropicana, and what's really cool about that venue is that uh, it's a nice big open club. They often have nice crowds. And the on-stage sound is very good there. So as you play, you have really nice feedback. Every once in a while, you'll have some issue with the monitors. Like last night, I had to kind of look at the sound guy and ask him where, where the hell my sound went. Because um, as you know, as you may or may not know, being on stage at a salsa on a salsa show or gig, sound is very sensitive because the instruments are so loud, and you have to find ways to hear yourself. And when you don't hear yourself, you can play too hard. You can you can uh, give too much too much energy to every note just to hear yourself. And you don't want to be in that position. You want to be in a position to play comfortably, hear comfortably, and make it through the night. But 
yeah, generally Tropicana has really good sound on stage and in the house. Uh, their sound guy just does a great job. But, you know, uh, I want to make a few comments here about playing salsa. I've been doing it for a relatively short amount of time, a good amount of time, but a relatively short amount of time, definitely relative to the players in the bands that play around town. I think I've been doing it for the better part of five years. And in this music scene, you you get a wide variety of experiences. No no salsa band experiences are the same. And I, I, I say that because I feel like some people who don't play Latin music, you know, they might think that you know, all Latin musicians or Latin music playing musicians and bands are in the same place. And, you know, it's Latin music and that's it. But once you get in the Latin music scene, there's a, there's a wide variety of sounds and quality and uh, professionalism that you deal with. And you can, you can, you know, on any given night, you can have a, a great gig. One of the probably maybe one of the, I've, I've had some of the best gigs of my life playing salsa, honestly. And I've played a lot of different crap. Musical theater, symphony orchestra, you know, symphony orchestra at Carnegie Hall, you know, symphony orchestra in major concert halls all around the country, musical theater, you know, just name it, you know, chamber music, solo, all that crap. And some of the salsa shows I have played have been the best I've ever experienced in my life. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And you've also had (laughs) on the same coin, on the same token, some of the worst gigs I, I will ever play have been salsa. It's just it it runs it runs the spectrum. It's ridiculous. But uh, last night was cool. I really enjoyed it. You know, we the the band played a, a few songs that I I think I had a pretty good idea of how they went. I felt pretty comfortable. I was comfortable enough to kind of get out of my music, get out of my own zone, and kind of focus my attentions out towards the especially towards the crowd that showed up and. The crowd was really nice last night. It was a packed bar, a lot of energy, a lot of dancing. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I've played a lot of salsa, you know, for, at least for five years. And I'm, I, I would, I would say that I'm still not comfortable playing it. It does. It, it's still not there for me. Um, I mean, I have to work to make it sound kind of right. You know, the, the, for the, for you non, you know, for the people who might not, have, not, might not have played salsa before. Reading the charts, it's not the hardest thing to do. I mean, it's hard music. It's it's way busier than playing orchestra music. Of course, orchestra music has its own challenges uh, that maybe a salsa musician couldn't execute. But salsa music, just in terms of busyness, it's very it's very busy for trombone. And there's a lot of syncopation. You rarely have downbeats. <laughs> it's a lot of upbeats and whatever else. And even then, you have charts and you can read them. But there are other challenges, you know. First of all, like I said earlier, there's a, there's a there's a sensitivity to sound. It's hard to hear exactly what's happening. It's hard to know unless you really know the song. But if you're just someone who's reading, it's it's hard because you don't always hear things clearly on stage. It took me a while to even be able to hear the instrument that I was looking at, especially in the percussion. Just like I see that guy playing, but I don't hear the pattern. And then, you know, after you get to know the music a little bit more, then you start to understand, okay, that's what's happening there. But, uh, yeah, so reading the music, it's 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 the beginning. But probably the, the most important priority after that, if you're a horn player, is to make it feel right. Classical players, we tend to, or any, any player, you know, jazz players tend to put their upbeats, you know, very late in the beat, right? Swing, at, swing according to jazz, right? 
Classical players tend to be very metronomical in their in their rhythm. Salsa musicians, there's no definition of what they do because it varies from song to song. Staccato means so many different things in certain pieces of music. I, I guess it's the same in classical and you know jazz as well. But you know the music is so dependent on feel. It's so incredibly dependent on feel. Um, not just for the players on stage, but for the for the people dancing out there. You know, you don't. You, there's certain ways to play or not play eighth notes for certain songs, and it was it was fun to just kind of be comfortable in what I was doing. Somewhat, I didn't play perfectly, but but to kind of bring my my mind and my energies out to the audience and see them dancing, see the enjoyment that on their faces, see the enjoyment in their bodies, see the enjoyment uh, that how how in the moment they were. And, you know, and when, when I can look out there sometimes as I was playing, cause sometimes I'll play and I'll be like, man, I'm just not getting this feel, but then I can look out while I'm playing to the audience and I can see, I can see, you know, you know, sometimes I'll, most of the time I'll just pick out a very attractive female <laughs> and I'll watch her dance and I'll play and I'll say, man, am I playing in a way that helps her keep enjoying the music or am I distracting her or can, will I let her lead how I'm going to phrase you know, and that's I think that's the beauty about Latin music, how the the dancers gain a lot of inspiration from the people on stage, and the people on stage get a lot of inspiration from from the art of dancing. I think every musician on stage who plays, uh, especially the people who grew up with salsa music, they realize that this music is made for dancing, and it needs, it needs to sound a certain way, it needs to feel a certain way, it needs to have a certain vibe. And it's always nice to look out in the audience and just notice that. And I'd say that's pretty unique to, at least in my experiences, that's that's what's very unique to salsa music. You know, it's playing symphony orchestras awesome. And I still think, for me, that's the long-term goal that I want for myself. What well, I'm starting to know it more and more now, actually. Um, but it can be a little stuffy. You can play a beautiful melody or a nice chord, or a nice sonority, or a big exciting moment, but the, re- the, the reaction in the chair, at least outward physically, is the same. People are sitting down, they're, they might be deep in comp- contemplation, some might be falling asleep, some might be, uh, I don't know, <laughs> flirting with the person next to them, I don't know, I don't know, but it's a different element, and to play this music where you're right in front of the audience, the audience reacts to how you're playing, the energy is going back and forth, it's... It's a nice. It's a very nice uh, contrast, you know. And so, you know, also, especially when I play in musical theater pits, where I have no interaction with the audience, or no, even not even an ability to ability to see them. So, it's very nice to play this club stuff. Um, I am deliberately backing off on playing Latin music. A lot of you may know that I spend a lot of time playing Latin music, a lot of time appreciating Latin music, and a lot of time promoting. Uh, the great musicians that play in these Latin clubs around town. Um, I think it's time to kind of just let that kind of quiet down a little bit. <laughs> I still want to play some Latin music, and I'm, I'm, I'm very glad for people like uh, Orquesta San Room, who gives me opportunities to get my get my fix. So that's kind of something I just wanted to explain today. Another thing happened when the gig ended last night. We walked out, and one of the band members looked at his phone. And he said, "Holy crap! Holy shit! Kawhi Leonard and Paul George go to the Clippers." And let me just tell you what the first thing I said to him was, 
Man, that is going to be amazing. (laughs) There might not be a better combination of players in the NBA, honestly. Take Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I mean, they have varying degrees of success, but I think they're they're two players that that are cut from the same cloth. These are two amazing players, uh, two impactful players, but they're also players who love to enable their teammates. Okay, and it's not through a a contrived effort of trying to have everybody involved in the game or passing the ball around or quote unquote sharing the ball. It's more like how they how they act, how they react, how they execute makes their teammates want to play harder. That's how these guys play. Because they're going to score a nice a nice bucket. They're going to be clutch in a certain situation. But they're also going to have a very important screen for another player. They're also going to come down with a very important rebound. They're 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 going to have a very important block. And they're not going to they're not going to do it every once in a while. It's part of their game. These guys, people like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, the the top the the absolute top priority of their game is to win and to do whatever it takes to win. It's not score a bunch of points, have one steal, and then let ESPN show everybody that you play defense. No, that's not it. They they could care less, especially Kawhi Leonard. They just want to win. And I think if Kawhi Leonard can bring help bring a championship to the Clippers. And they very much can, because outside of Kawhi and Paul George, they have a great cast of players in, in, in the Clippers. If Kawhi can help the Clippers get a championship, you you really have to you really have to you really have to think about whether or not he's one of the greatest players to ever live. I think I would honestly consider him to be that. To be a to be an MVP already of two NBA finals and if the Clippers were to win another one, he'd probably be close to being the MVP or probably, you know, a very important factor. And at that point, you bring three rings to three cities playing the way you do, you might you might be one of the greatest players to ever live on a pure basketball standpoint not stats not trophies or accolades or you know seven mvp awards or whatever but just on pure accomplishment of doing that i already think he's one of the best players in modern history you know he's he's not he doesn't have a game like kobe or jordan or lebron james but he just has this game if i you know if i'm on your team your team's gonna win and we're gonna win a championship that's Kawhi leonard so uh, you know, I'm a Rockets fan, of course, but I, I really, I'm really interested to see how this plays out in, 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 with the Clippers. The Rockets, you know, a lot of people were complaining that we didn't make any moves. Uh, you know, it, it would have been nice to get some p- players, but I think we have a sufficient cast of players. The problem has always been philosophy. Okay, the philosophy that we can let Harden do whatever the hell he wants. To even to even to the point where he can be detrimental, and we keep him on the court, and he and this philosophy is is you know we're we're enabling him. The GM Daryl Morey is enabling him. Uh, Mike D'Antoni, the coach, is enabling him. The fans are enabling him. We're all worshiping him. And I saw somebody on Facebook uh, mention it's kind of like the Allen Iverson effect. A lot of hoopla, a lot of awesomeness, but no championship ring. So. We'll see how it plays out. I told a few friends, you know, the Rockets, if they if they shift their philosophy, they get their act together, they could be a contender. There's no doubt in my mind. But if they don't do that, I honestly, I honestly hope the Rockets get the living shit beat out of them to prove something to uh, Daryl Morey, the GM, and to prove something to you, the Houston Rockets fan. I mean, I think more and more of you are starting to get an idea of how 
you know, Rockets ball as it has been in the past four years, it just doesn't work. It, it looks good, but it doesn't work. I'm completely open to next year being a different story and we we break through. But Houston fans, you, you've been duped. You've been duped. And I, I don't hate to say this, but I do acknowledge that I'll be annoying about this. I've been telling you this the whole time. I've been complaining about this the whole time. Uh, there needs to be a philosophical change. And when there is, we, we will be a competitor, no doubt. Anyways, thanks for listening. I'll hopefully be back at you tonight with uh, podcast nugget number six, but number four in the series of seven days, seven nuggets. Again, thank you so much, and thank you to my sponsors, RC Health Services and Activated Muscles. You can go to rchealthservices.com to check them out or activatedmuscles.com. See ya.